there is a lot going on in both the church calendar and the, the secular calendar today. On, on the one hand, secular celebrations of New Year's take place. And it's always interesting because there's, there's not really anything special about flipping the calendar. January hasn't even always been New Year. Sometimes New Year, even civilly in Roman days, started in like March. For the Jewish calendar, it's definitely not New Year. So it's kind of arbitrary that it would be New Year's, but nonetheless, it is something to celebrate as we flip our calendars. And there is, I suppose, a good sense of, well, whatever has been, we, we can choose to do something different. So there's, of course, the tradition of New Year's resolutions. And uh, as you might expect, though, flipping a calendar doesn't normally give you much motivation to do anything new. So most New Year's resolutions fail, just so you know. But go ahead, make, make some anyway, and see how they, they last for a little bit anyway. Uh, in, in church time, though, there's a, a bit more going on here. Uh, probably the most important, actually, and the longest tradition, is that today is the octave day of Christmas. Just as we, we celebrate the, the octave of Easter, uh, days that are so big that we, we extend the celebration of that day for eight whole days, an octave. Today is the octave day of Christmas. So we've been celebrating eight days of, of Christmas. And of course, we're, we're still in the season of Christmas, even though the, the octave might end. But it, the octave day is important because as we read in our gospel today, eight days uh, after a, a Jewish male child was born was the day that they were circumcised. So uh, very important, this, this last words of our gospel today, when eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. If you remember when Gabriel came to Mary, uh, he was told to, you're gonna name the child Jesus. Joseph received in a dream, you're to name the child Jesus. This is a big deal because a couple things happen. When, when a, a child gets his name, especially for a, a male child, the firstborn male child is very significant because, well, we kind of know who children's mothers are because well, babies come out of their mothers. So it's easy to say, well, that's the mother of that child. Not as easy to determine who the father is. So at least legally, the, the father would officially claim that child as his own and give him all the, the legal rights of sonship when he gave the child its name on the eighth day. And so today, Mary and Joseph fulfill what was asked of them by the angel, name the child Jesus. But it's also when Jesus legally fits into that long genealogy we often read of, of Joseph, that he is now officially a son of David. It's a big deal because it fulfills a lot of Old Testament prophecies for Jesus to be legally the son of David, which he is when Joseph officially gives him his name. So that's a big deal. Jesus being circumcised also is, is placed under the law. As we'll see, even as he gets older, Jesus tells us, I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So Jesus is a true Jew placed under the, the law of Moses, which he himself is the author of, and then comes to fulfill. So the octave day of Christmas is also the, the circumcision day of Jesus. And in, in very more recent modern times, this 
day has often been given to us to celebrate as a solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title Mother of God. And if you, if you want to throw into on top of that, maybe also World Day of Prayer for Peace. Why not? Let's add one more thing. So especially maybe as we, we honor Mary and remember the way that Jesus chose to come the first time as Prince of Peace and yet as a little baby, well, we might be inclined to pray for, for peace for our very troubled world. Might just end by focusing briefly on that, that last little bit of Mary as the way that Jesus, God, chose to come into this world the first time. I think as we look at our, our past year, and maybe this ties in with the secular idea of New Year's, we felt, I think, probably as a, as a world, not just last year, but maybe the last two years almost, very, very fragile and, and vulnerable. Uh, an invisible virus, can't see, yet has caused incredible disruption. Dis, just torn apart all facets of, of life. Our church is not nearly as full today as it probably would be still because of the virus. Well, if we have perhaps been feeling a little bit vulnerable and, you know, exposed, I can't help but notice that that's exactly how Jesus chose to come into this world, not having what would seem to be power, glory, everything under control. We know as God, certainly he has those things, even as a, a little baby. God is always able to command everything. But he, he came as a little baby to show that the Almighty God is, is not afraid of, of weakness, vulnerability, feeling like everything is not under control. This little baby couldn't do anything for himself. He was pursued by Herod who tried to kill him. Yet his parents had to take him to flee into Egypt. He was very much in his humanity, naked, vulnerable, exposed, seemingly not in control. So if you felt that way this past year, good. You're, you're in good company with the, the Christ child and the Holy Family. But behind all that seeming vulnerability is the truth that, of, of course, God is always in control. Even if it, it appears that he allows a lot of suffering, like virus, all kinds of things, name your suffering. God does permit a lot of it. Yet, God is in control. Always, at every moment. There, there's not some cosmic battle between good and evil, like on two equal partners, <laughs> hardly. We know who is more powerful. We, in fact, we know who's already won. At the moment Jesus showed up in this world, <laughs> he, was, he was already the victor, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, always was, always will be. So maybe as we, we head into the, the new year then, full of uncertainty, vulnerability, and perhaps more than ever, as we, you know, we, we kind of did this last year where we thought 2020 was just the worst year it could be. And boy, 2021 will be better. Everyone's a little more cautious with 2022. Like just sneak in quietly. Don't touch anything. Talk softly. Let's not upset 2022. Okay, fine. But whatever, whatever we have in front of us, just know that it will continue to be a mix of vulnerability, suffering, injury, harm, and, and at the same time, God's omnipotence, his power breaking forth everywhere in control, knowing that whatever might happen, whatever is thrown at us in this new year, 
God is in control. And perhaps the more weak and vulnerable we are, the more we might come to know that we need God. We need him to be in control. We cannot do it on our own. We can't even stop an invisible little virus. God is who we need in 2022, no matter what else happens. I pray like our readings today that is blessed, that God would bless us in his mercy. And certainly we pray for that. But we know when he came, he came in vulnerability and he came through Mary. So what a great way for us to enter 2022. Vulnerable and in need of our blessed mother, her intercession, her prayers. Certainly she will help protect us as she protected the Christ child. And so let that be our prayer tonight. Lord, we need you. We desperately need you. We can't do anything without you. Please send Mary, our mother, to protect us, to protect the church, protect our families, bring an end to the virus, bring a return to full churches, praising and glorifying you. But whatever happens, let us praise God for what has been, what will be, whatever will be more and more. Praise God from whom everything comes. Amen and amen.